Hello, and welcome to Our Son Pete, a monthly Patreon-exclusive WMQ&A bonus podcast where I, Dan Grote, read through every appearance of British mutant spymaster Peter Winston Wisdom. Now you may be asking yourself, why? Pete Wisdom sucks and I hate him. Please do a podcast about literally any other mutant. Maggot, Vulcan, Slipstream, I don't care. Just not this guy. Well, I'm sorry you feel that way. Hopefully, over the course of this series, I can change your mind. The fact is, I've been trying to gin up some bonus content for this podcast for a while that'll actually stick, and I'm hoping this is it. You know, uh, morbid curiosity as an attractor and all that. Uh, (laughs) uh, Also, I may be going on as many as two other podcasts this year, trading on my wisdom expertise, and I need the refresher. Uh, But... Uh, As to your concern about Pete Wisdom sucking, uh, let me start off by laying out rule number one of this show. Uh, I am not here to hand anything to Warren Ellis, uh, his co-creator. Warren Ellis has been accused by dozens of people of sexual grooming and coercion, so much so that an entire website has been devoted to listing the accusations against him. Uh, So he sucks full stop. Uh, The reason I refer to Pete as my son is that uh, being a work-for-hire creation, Ellis does not own him. Uh, Other creators have since gone on to do better and more interesting things with the character. And quite frankly, even in jest, I'd rather adopt him from an unfit home and say I'm his dad, uh, even though I obviously have no legal claim to do so. Uh, With all that out of the way, let's dig into Excalibur number 86, Back to Life, written by Ellis, Drawn by Ken Lashley, inked by Tom Wegren, colored by Joe Roses, and lettered by Jay Babcock, and edited by Suzanne Gaffney. Uh, fun fact, I got my copy of this issue signed by Ken Lashley at uh, East Coast Comic Con in 2018. My uh, co-host on WMQ&A, uh, Matt, and I told him at the time that we were the president and vice president of the Pete Wisdom fan club. Uh, we were in our late 30s when we said that, and we meant it. We were very sincere about it. So, you know, do with that what you want. Um, let's talk, before we talk, get into the issue itself, a little bit about what came before. So this is uh, Wisdom's first appearance, but Ellis had been on the book for three months prior to this. Uh, this issue follows a three-parter called the Soul Sword Trilogy that dealt with Kitty Pride taking on Ileana's Soul Sword. Uh, Lashley... Uh, as artist, had been on the book even longer than that. Uh, he became the regular-ish penciler around issue 70. Uh, prior to Ellis, Excalibur had become a filler book, dealing with leftover X-plots uh, and getting tied into crossovers more so than it previously had been. Uh, it was part of Fatal Attractions. It was part of the Foundings Covenant. Uh, Sinister shows up for some stuff. Sienna Blaze shows up for some stuff. Um you know, uh, Doug Locke makes his first appearance, which, again, ties into the Phalanx Covenant. Um, the other sort of major continuity point around this issue is that it's the last one before the Age of Apocalypse, when all the X-Books were canceled and replaced for four months, which is a weird time to start a new plot. Uh, that month, all the books ended with reality being crystallized and shattered. And yet, uh, Brian Braddock, who was going by Britannic at that point, is having flash-forwards of near-term but post-Age of Apocalypse events, which begs the question, if the end of the world was coming, uh, why wasn't he predicting that instead? Um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, so the book opens with, with Pete Wisdom's first appearance, uh, and the very first thing we see of him 
uh, he's crying. He just annihilated a Thai village, a village in Thailand that housed a uh, terror cell that was interfering with uh, British intelligence operations. So he does not feel good about what he's done. His uh, suit is a rumpled and tattered mess. Um, you know, he's he's sitting there. You know, it's very 90s angst, but he's feeling the weight of his actions, and he's decided that he wants to quit British intelligence, uh, which, of course, uh, he'll never do. Uh, you know, can't leave rap alone. The game needs him, and so on. Uh, and then uh, the next scene we, we see him in is one of Brian's flash forwards, uh, in which he's getting shot up by bullets, yelling, Oh, God, they're biting! Uh, so, uh, you know, again, if you're a person who loves seeing wisdom get hurt, either emotionally or physically, you are off to a great start. <laughs> uh, so then, uh, we're on Muir Isle where the team is set up at that point in, uh, Moira McTaggart's lab, uh, back in the days when she was human and we didn't know that she had led, uh, nine other lives prior to this. And uh, three Brit uh, shady British spy types uh, land, including Wisdom. Uh, the other two are named Sekluna and Threadgold, uh, and they all represent a uh, British intelligence organization called Black Air that claims to have supplanted the old weird happenings organization uh, from uh, the old days of Excalibur, you know, the, uh, the Claremont and Davis years. Uh, when, uh, you can argue the book was a lot more uh, fun and whimsical. Brian recognizes Wisdom from his vision that he had prior to this. Uh, and Black Air has dragged this unhappy man, still in his tattered, rumpled uh, suit and trench coat, uh, fresh from Thailand, to Muir Island, to ask Excalibur to go to Genosha for reasons. Uh, his first line of dialogue is... <laughs> in uh, kind of a sarcastic response to Kitty asking what exactly uh, Excalibur can do for these uh, shady spy types. And so uh, Black Air presses Excalibur, this you know, decidedly a British super team that theoretically shouldn't be getting involved in uh, matters in Genosha uh, into service by saying that if any mutates die in the fighting because they do nothing, then it's their fault. Uh, what a delightfully bad faith argument. Um, and then later, out of Airshot, the uh, Black Air folk uh, tease a possible connection to the Braddock family in regard to the fighting in Genosha and uh, specifically the weapons being used in that fighting. So Excalibur, you know, their, their horse strings have been plucked, uh, so to speak, and they take off in their new plane, uh, the Midnight Runner, that uh, Brian has uh, been working on, apparently, uh, in secret, kind of getting back to his old roots as a uh, as a scientist uh you know they're they're on the on the plane to genosha now on the flight over kitty asks a smoking wisdom to share what he knows and also asks him to stop smoking uh he replies life sucks get an extractive fan uh who is this guy my parents <laughs> uh my parents were both smokers in the 80s anyway uh they're not now um kitty pulls the cigarette out of his mouth and threatens to put it out on him uh, Wisdom calls her a body fascist, which uh, sounds like, you know, a thing you're, you're more likely to hear this year than in 19, late 1994. Uh, but, uh, and then threatens to rip off her head and spit down her neck. Uh, I believe we are led to understand that this is flirting. 
sure, why not? <laughs> uh, finally, he explains that uh, the power vacuum created in Genosha by the fall of uh, the Citadel and Cameron Hodge back in the Extinction Agenda in 1991 uh, means that basically humans and mutates are all starving together, uh, and that is is their version of equality. But basically, this is a destabilized government, uh, and they're just fighting each other in the streets because they don't know what else to do. Uh, nobody's formed a coalition government yet. This was kind of the big Genosian narrative of the time. The Extinction, the extinction Agenda kind of happened in the months before the big 1991, you know, X-Men number one, X-Force number one reboot. And so it was it was a little bit before they go back and see what's been going on in Genosha. Genosha. And basically, uh, it's a it's a it's a mess. Um, actually, this this story also follows a uh, Genosha story in there was an Avengers and X-Men crossover in 1993 called Blood Ties, where Exodus just drops a big old dome on it. Uh, so, you know, Genosha really can't catch a break, but also maybe they shouldn't have enslaved mutants. So there's that. Um, uh, but anyway, the issue ends with the Midnight Runner being taken out by a surface-to-air missile uh, and the crashing plane being frozen in the crystal of the reality-shattering Macron. Uh, is a byproduct of the Legion Quest story that was going on at the time and Uncanny x-men and adjectiveless x-men that leads into the age of apocalypse and so this whole plot is put on hold for four months uh, in place of uh the letter x hyphen caliber c-a-l-i-b-r-e uh which was its uh age of apocalypse replacement which was a uh, nightcrawler centric story about ferrying mutants to uh avalon in the savage land also written by ellis and drawn by lashley so Let's let's kind of break this down. Do do that thing that you know a lot of your favorite comic podcasts do, and uh, pull out some of the smaller bits here. Um, let's start by talking about the art. Uh, I like Lashley a lot. Uh, he is one of those guys who stepped up to fill in holes after the Image Exodus of '92, who tried to keep some of that sense of those artists' dynamism going at Marvel in their absence. You know, I think uh, I think the Kuberts were also a big part of that. Uh, Greg Capullo on X-Force, uh, you know, guys like uh, Romita Jr., Mark Bagley, um, you know, there were still there were still good art to be had, is my point. Uh, you know, and also Lashley is one of the first artists that I remember from my earliest days of reading X-Men comics because I started like right before Fatal Attraction. So my first Excalibur issue was 71, which he drew. You know, he doesn't stick around long, though. As we get deeper into this run of Excalibur, uh, sooner than you think, you're going to see the art is wildly inconsistent, and uh, unfortunately, there are more stinkers than clinkers. But uh, but Lashley is is good, and uh, later on, Carlos Pacheco is going to be doing a lot of the regular art. He's pretty good, too, but again, uh, you know, not necessarily there from issue to issue. Some stats for you. Uh, how many pages does Wisdom appear in? 13. So, not bad. You know, a little more than half the book. Favorite line from the issue? Uh, Give me back my cigarette, you body fascist, or I'll rip your head off and spit down your neck. Um, pretend pretend that I'm actually using a decent uh, British accent. 
Uh, anyway, uh, I, I, I just like the phrase body fascist, but only ironically. Please, you know, get vaccinated, wear a mask and all that crap. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, we start to get some of those, uh, you know, and, and, and a lot of looking back on this book is going to be, I think, the things that I found amusing when, you know, issue, even when I was like 15 years old, 14 years old, and these comics were coming out. But, you know, let's talk about good British insults. Uh, he's got a couple of here. You know, he, he, he tells Moira to sod off. Uh, he calls somebody a, a, a toe rag, which uh, in my copy is mis, misspelled with an F, toe frag. But uh, yeah, you know, he, uh, he taught me some new words uh, in, in my younger years. Um, does he use his hot knives in this issue? No, uh, but I think you can assume from the destruction uh, in, in Rasafan, the, the Thai village that he blows up in the beginning, that he did use them there. Uh, you know, uh, the reason that I'm kind of putting this in as a, as a data point is that, you know, Wisdom originally really did not like using his mutant power. Uh, you know, his, his game was always spycraft and strategy. Uh, you know, it's, it's another reason he's not really you know, for most of the most recent run of Excalibur under T. Howard and Marcus Toe, he's not jumping at the chance to become a Krakoan citizen, uh, you know, and, and we'll certainly get there because there's a lot, there's a lot early in the book, put it that way, that I like. Does he smoke in this issue? Oh, baby, does he ever. Uh, two different characters ask him to stop, uh, both Moira and Kitty, and each time he is a real dick about it. Uh, Again, I think if we're talking about, you know, teenage me, I think I <laughs> like some of this, some of this attitude, you know, probably more than I should have. But uh, anyway, uh, we've talked about what he's wearing. He's in a blown apart black trench coat for the entire issue. And he is in three different places. Uh, you know, he's in a Thai village. He is on Muriel and he's on a plane to Genosha at no point. Does he stop and change clothes? Uh, this says something both about Lashley's sense of visual continuity and the fact that he could not afford to stop and get a new suit at any point between Thailand and the plane ride to Genosha. Uh, you know, uh, working, working class hero, maybe? I don't know. You be the judge. Uh, <laughs> a question I'll, I'll ask a few times, I think, over the course of this series, is Wisdom a good guy within the context of this issue? No. No, absolutely not. He's an absolute asshole to the team, to, to Excalibur. Um, you know, such a bad boy. Uh, if only someone could tame him. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, for funsies, uh, I do kind of like to go through. Remember when comic books had ads? You know? Um, oh, God. All right. That was a little too Andy Rooney uh, of me. But I kind of go through. Uh, so a lot of trading cards, a lot of trading cards uh, in this book. There are, let's see, we got Flair NBA Basketball Premier Edition. This was during that period where trading cards got like super fancy. It was like, you know, high gloss and, and you know, there were like sort of the premium cards that cost more and, you know, like gold embossed on them. You know, it's still a picture of Wolverine, but it's a fancy picture of Wolverine. Uh, what else we got? We got a four-page spread of ads for uh, 95 Fleer baseball cards. Uh, how about that? That is something. Um, 
Let's see. What else? We got? Oh, we, uh, a standby of the 90s uh, ad for Clearasil. Uh, zip products or anti-zip products, I guess I should say. Definitely a big part of 90s comic books. Uh, and then finally on the back, uh, this is probably the biggest timestamp there is in the entire book. Trading cards for a cartoon that ran on CBS in the mid-90s called Skeleton Warriors. Don't ask me what it's about. I didn't watch it. Don't remember a gosh darn thing about it. All I know is that there were warriors and, you know, they, they had bones. <laughs> um, so I think that's that's largely it for the first episode. We're gonna we're gonna keep this going. I'm gonna try and do like one of these a month as as again bonus content, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna jump into 1995 with uh, X-Men Prime, uh, specifically whatever Excalibur vignette there is therein, and Excalibur 87, which wraps the Genosian storyline. Uh, in the meantime, if you like the show and you want to keep it going, uh, tell your friends. You know, I'm really hoping this bonus content drives more people to uh, the WMQ&A Patreon and to check out the work that Matt and I are doing on uh, WMQ&A, which is obviously the reason for the season. Uh, you know, we, we do love... Uh, you know, like I say on the show, it's it's the show where two best friends talk about comics with the people who make them, and uh, I'd really like to uh, get some more ears on that. So spread the word, and and also, you know, I think at some point uh, Matt will be on the show, or, or we're gonna get some other guests, uh, you know, and not and not just people who actually like wisdom, because you know uh, there are dozens of us, dozens uh, dot gif, but uh, you know, if you don't like wisdom. I still want you to come on the show. I don't want to debate you. I'm not going to try and change your mind. That's absolute nonsense. Uh, you know, but uh, I, I think it would be fun to have that dynamic and, and have sort of the airing uh, of grievances. Uh, you know, just, we're, we're here for fun. We're, we're, we're choosing violence. We're choosing love. We're just choosing things. Uh, so anyway, that's, that's sort of the loose plan for this. And uh, until next time, listeners, sort off, Torag. <laughs>